0: Um, so, I'm Thomas Van Tonder, hashtag Beast Mode, third bull obstacle racing athlete from South Africa, and you're listening to OCR Audio. Uh, I'm Ian Hozik, you've been listening to OCR Audio, and if you stop listening early, I'll take Watson on you, and he's terrifying. Hey, I'm Matt
1: Walrath,
0: and you're listening to OCR Audio. Okay, so we're down loop today um, for the first part of this section. We're just going to have 10 minutes, uh, me and Natasha here OCR Audio. We're going to have 10 minutes discussing news this week. Where should we start? News round uh? up. News round up. <laughs> um, okay, so something we, posted, <laughs> something we posted on our Facebook group the other day um, about John Abben being selected for the 12-person athlete roster for the a world trial, world championships group that's going up to Portugal, for the eighth of June. So that's pretty incredible. It's pretty
2: uh, epic, isn't it? It's yeah, cross sport.
0: Brilliant for our sport. Brilliant for OCR. Um, having someone that's good enough to keep you know up with the the top end of the Britain Britain's runners. Um, oh,
2: but OCR athletes aren't proper runners, remember, Jack?
0: Also not proper runners, but
2: no, it's not competitive.
0: <laughs> so that's awesome news for John Adam being selected in the twelve man squad. Um, I say man, there are ladies in there as well, but top persons is what I should say, I suppose.
2: BPC, BPC. BPC. And that
0: will be 8th June in Portugal, I do believe. Uh, the world,
2: Smash world it, John.
0: Band. Yeah, 100% smash it. I've got a bit of a funny joke, actually. Well, not a joke, a story about oh, it. No. Oh, no. No, it's not a joke, don't worry. Okay, I've got a joke as well, but we'll, we'll keep the story. <laughs> um, so after Iceland, I text John and asked if you would come on for the podcast, um, which he didn't read. So I left it and thought, do you know what, I'm not going to bug him, doesn't matter, he's a busy man, he wants to go and ski and just enjoy his break now. And yesterday I got a phone call and it was like, do you want me back on? As a joke. <laughs> and I was like, John, you're about three months late, mate. And he found it quite funny that he just thought he'd, uh, he'd, he'd warm me up. But yeah, it was nice of him to actually get back to me after three or four months.
2: Well, maybe we'll be able to get him on in three or four months. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, I might. If have, you're might listening, have on, John,
2: him. we want you on. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but but lots of it, I follow him obviously on Strava and Instagram. He's obviously keeping up his running, but he seems to be just enjoying his skiing at the minute and taking his taking his time out and enjoying the winter break.
2: I've seen the pictures on Instagram. I don't do Strava, but I've been looking at the pictures. Very yeah. jealous. And we're stuck in this office.
0: <laughs> As you're working away then. yeah. And uh, another one that I keep following is. Um, Ryan Atkins as well, obviously, out there oh. in the snow. Just it's like,
2: argh. what a life! Exactly. Seg- segue segway, segway, tailing in. Mm-hmm. The big, the big news this week, which will probably affect people like Ryan Atkins the most. Tough Mudder.
0: Yeah, what's going on there? Everyone,
2: so, everyone will have heard by now, I'm sure, that Tough Mudder are no longer doing prize money.
0: No um, longer doing prize money.
2: Yeah. So what are your initial thoughts, Jack?
0: Well, on their website, it basically says they're going back to roots. They want mm-hmm. to make their three main races um, better. They want to more competitive. They want to reassess the obstacles, make sure they're giving out the best service they possibly can. And one way they've thought about this is obviously reducing the prize money or completely taking away the prize money, I suppose... I mean, I don't like to say anything, but I assume there's a, a financial issue there. And the easiest way, obviously, is not to give out money, but it's to try and save money. They've also announced that there will be no TMX in 2019. So Which is a
2: massive shame.
0: It is to people like Hunter McIntyre, who we had a little while ago, who was kind of hoping he, that was going to be the case, but
2: oh, maybe not. Set, yeah.
0: Um, but, Wait, so yeah. I
2: think it's people like them it's going to affect the most, isn't it? Like, it'd be interesting to see what, especially people like Hunter, who's no longer really in the Spartan scene. Hopefully he'll come back. But those people on the pro team, that's a massive chunk of their income. So it's them that's going to be affected the most. Is it a bit of a backward step for the sport? I think having TMX was, even though it's not a sort of event I'd be any good at, it was very spectator friendly, added another element to the sport. I was really hoping it would come over to the UK because I think there's some guys and girls that would do really well in it. But
0: yeah,
2: 100%. I I do agree that I think Tough Mudders um core business. I think it remains the same and I get that things like Toughest, I think it'll be just as popular because most people do it for what it is, not necessarily for the prize money, but it's gonna be your likes of your your Ryan Atkins, your Lindsay's, Raya, Hunter, they're gonna be the ones that are affected the most, aren't they? So
0: Mm. It makes me wonder whether it's good because I think with Tough Mudder X, 100%, it helped that bridge cross over, like to other sports like CrossFit. Mm. Like that. So now that's gone. Are we going to have that bridge over? Are the CrossFit is going to go back to the CrossFit? Uh, you know, like Hunter's already come out and said he's been there, he's done that. He doesn't really fancy OCR. The one thing that was keeping him in OCR was a Tough Mudder X style race. Yeah. Um, yep. so yeah interesting to see the only thing it could do is it could lead the way now for these other companies we already know that superhuman games are releasing yes. a very similar style race i think um what active warrior in southampton that Luke's near they've now released a very similar style crossfit ocr race so it does pave these other companies to go do you know what let's let's take off where tough mother has le- you know left um
2: and they so might cool. learn the lessons. I think like um, for Tough Mudder, I mean, I don't, I've not got the insider scoop, so I'm just assuming here, but it seems they went from their, what they call their core business to suddenly they expanded into everything at once. They became competitive and massive prize pots across that whole spectrum of series. It was kind of a all in yeah. Um and maybe think, that's what, what did it.
0: I think they'll admit that themselves. They probably tried yeah. too much. Um which is probably why they've announced that they've come back to their roots and they just want to focus mm. on these three uh these three races that are being the tough mudder, the toughest mudder, and the tougher mudder. <laughs> they want to Will they
2: be on. as competitive without the prize money?
0: Never, 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 never. No, they won't. Um although people are saying, Oh yeah, we'll go and do it, and you might go and do one for a bit of training, just for a bit of interest, if they bring It's a in, lot well, of
2: entry, lot big entry a lot fee of for money,
0: training. It uh, is for a training, run, it's for a lot of money. Normally, quite a distance from me personally. For me, anyway, mm. to get to any of them because I'm not north or I'm not south. I'm bloody in the middle. Um, <clears throat> so, mm, I don't know. I think time will tell. I I generally think as well with Spartan, who have also upped their money, which I don't necessarily agree with, but they've upped their money. Um, we shall see how many people cross over to the Spartan. You know, there's some great athletes out there. Tom Tweddle, for me, is personally one of those athletes who's yep. a brilliant runner, a brilliant obstacle course racer, but shies away from Spartan because it's not his style of training, uh, racing, whereas Tough Mudder suits him. Is he now going to come into Spartan and have to up his muscle, up his carries, up his, you know, that type of thing to keep yeah. the likes of Tristan and Connor and that happen, you know? interesting same with the girls <laughs> we're
2: quite limited yeah we're quite limited on our competitive series in the uk so we're not like america with your your conquer the gauntlets and your savage races and all of that the, the options we're we're much more limited and tough mudder and spartan were the two big competitive series like last year so it, it does kind of limit if you want to be competitive and not just do it for fun they're gonna to have to
0: yeah, I, I can never see a way back for Tough Mudder now. I think that will be it. I think, unfortunately, I think they'll just meander. They will never grow again because I think once they've dropped that elite level, if that makes sense, I think it's you struggle to get back up there
1: because
0: mm. um, so many of the races are going to take over. And, you know, we've, another race that's um, uh, won an interesting concept is the Amphibia Run who hopefully we're going to do a lot more on in, in, in the next few months. You know, they've already announced a competitive way in potential prize money. Hopefully and, uh,
2: Red Bull might
0: Red bring Bull out some more OCR type. It out. Yeah, exactly. So other companies that come in and say they're going to do this, that's going to take away from Tough Money because why would you then leave that to go back to Tough Money, yeah. especially if it's expensive? Um, so, yeah, interesting, but uh, Brave, I mean, you're always going to get the ones that want to do the, just the medals and the headbands. You know, and do you know
2: what? If it means that they can continue doing what they're doing for the masses by um, making this decision, then great, great. Just for please.
0: the sport, 100%. Yeah. We, need, we need that mass. We'd
2: rather they continued than...
0: Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, but purely talking from an elite level now, a competitive level, yes, it's a shame, and I think it is a bit of a shame. But hopefully... Um, see, my issue is, like, if someone comes into the open wave now at, at Tough Mudder, what's wanting them to do better Does that makes sense what's wanting them to go to that next level a bit like in spartan last year when they opened the open wave and then it was the elite uh, sorry then age group then elite what that sort of you've got that That's
2: progression yeah of
0: course and unfortunately for tough mudder they now haven't got that you it's almost they've almost come out and gone we are just for fun which yeah. is brilliant and we do need that for the sport but unfortunately, there's no progression. It's only ever going to be let's move to a different company, i.e. Spartan, i.e. Rep, you know someone else. Um, unfortunately, for us in the UK here, we haven't got enough races. So, you know, well, good for Spartan. It, I think a lot will move across the Spartan. Yeah. Uh, for the time being. Um,
2: Hopefully, our variety will increase. And the likes mm-hmm. of Red Bull, they've got a massive infrastructure behind them and they seem to be doing it quite cleverly, like bringing out these very unique types of things, almost like testing yeah. the water yeah. with different concepts. Yeah. And then you never know, the next few years, maybe they'll have a a range, a Red Bull OCR type range of uh, mm-hmm. events, which would be exciting. It
0: would be good. It would be good. Or any company to come out and do that. Yeah, please. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know most companies, that would be their end goal, isn't it? But obviously, we've seen so many, like you say, grow and then fail Miserably, when they think they're okay, mm. um, I think that's because they pure just like, like most big businesses, you bought off too much in one go. You can't sustain. Um, talking about CrossFit and OCR, something that we put on our um, Facebook feed yesterday was the start of the Fittest in Cape Town, which is a CrossFit um, competition. Really interestingly, event two of day one was what I can I gather is the survival race of South Africa course which is OCR so their second event of day one was an OCR rig basically it was only probably a minute I think the best the fastest women were doing it in like 45 seconds and all it was was um, a wooden rig with nunchucks ropes and rings but of course to the OCR community that's our normal bag you know, that's what we do every day but to the crossfit it must have been a bit like whoa, whoa what's going on here <laughs> but really good watch head over to our facebook page check it out it's called um fittest in cape town i know that some of the big names who i'm about to slaughter but is it katrina thompson i can't do her name katrina anyway she's oh like,
2: Cass- yeah 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 katrin um katrin, i can't say no i'll be honest yeah, uh, yeah one um, of the top women yeah
0: luke normally Destroy his names. I've just destroyed a couple there. So sorry. Um, but <laughs> and yeah, then there's, there's Sarah Sigmund's,
2: Sigmund's daughter. daughter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. Matt
2: Fraser, I can say that.
0: Matt Fraser. I don't think he was there. I don't think he needed to be there. In no, he doesn't Whether those guys to. are using it as a warm up, I don't know. But it was just really yeah. interesting to see they'd used the obstacle course race uh, course in the competition um So, yeah, whether we'll start to see more CrossFit using OCR. So, opposed to OCR using CrossFit, yeah. will CrossFit start using more OCR? You know, there's no reason why. We
2: Maybe we'll go across to that. But, I won't.
0: Keep the ad- way, could you? Well, <laughs> I, think, uh, I think even me as a 75 kilo uh, <laughs> man is going to struggle, let alone yourself, who's what? Don't. 40 kilo, 40, 30
2: kilo you're wearing? 46, 46. Those weird, I look at those women and I'm like, wow, just look at your physiques. I could yeah. never be like that, how hard I try.
0: Do you think that They're if you were the physique there, you'd still be able to run like you can? No. Exactly. So it's no. you train for your sport, don't you?
2: Yeah. Sport chooses yeah. you.
0: It certainly does. So it's really interesting to see those guys using the OCR courses. And I do think, that's not confirmed, but I do think it was the survival rig. In the survival race, who obviously Thomas Van Tonder, podcast um, friend, we have is is the king of uh, survival race. But yeah, it's good stuff.
2: Any more news out there?
0: Not that needs to be spoken about. <laughs> 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 There's always news. Do
2: little news flashes when yeah. they come up. or start doing. Well,
0: I think the the main one, obviously, we haven't really touched on it. But Spartans' money's gone up. Um, I'll come back to that. I disagree with the money going up, because I generally do think the same people are going to win the same amount of money, if that makes sense. Let's forget the ladies' side for the minute, just for the men's side. You know, just as Steve's already said that he's going to come and do it, that's fine. He's then going to win money for each of the races that he wins, because he's no doubt going to win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Then he also wins a bigger prize pot at the end of it. I would rather than Sim spread that prize pot over a lot more people, so play 10 deep opposed to three deep. Um, it just gives more people chance in the individual races to earn a bit of cash, <laughs> um, bringing people in. Because, let's be honest, the things with Tough Mudder gone down, other races gone down, they're all going to come over to, uh, to Spartan for the money.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: And so you're going to get the same four or five people. I mean, I'm not counting me out, I'm not counting Luke out, I'm not counting anybody out. But sure as damn it, you're going to have Connor Hancock and Tristan Steed wanting money, you know. And as much so as me and Luke yeah, well, it is a sport, it is a sport, and we've got to get better to do that, but... Um, no,
2: expensive sport, we need, we need the cash to keep doing it.
0: <laughs> well, we, well, that's the other thing, yeah, we all have, most of us have paid jobs, um, <laughs> but, you know, so we can't train. Um, I mean, I looked at Tristan's Strava the other day, this guy's doing 100 mile weeks at the minute, you know, like, yes. even if I wanted to, I couldn't do that.
2: No, no, my legs would fall off. I think
0: my legs would fall off too. Um, so, yeah, I would have liked the money to be paid out deeper opposed to the same three people every time. That's just my opinion. Obviously, if you're Tristan's deep, Connor Hancock, with a chance of winning that three grand, brilliant. You know, payday, bing, bing, rock. But in um, general... They
2: make more than that for an individual podium in the US, don't they?
0: <laughs> well, they do, yeah, this is very true. We're still marketing <laughs> in the US. Um, new obstacles, whether we're going to see them in the UK, oh, I yeah. don't know. Um, they um
2: they debuted them at the Spartan at the weekend, didn't they? They did, yeah. And the, the feedback from people was... Even the middle packers was too easy.
0: Yes, too easy? I
2: think hmm. I think that... Is it Beta? The new yeah, yeah. monkey spinny that I reckon... Be, especially yeah. when that's wet, that'll be hard.
0: I thought that was the other way. I thought that was like you had to traverse across the... beat. Like, But it's not. It's like monkey bars, isn't it?
2: Yeah, but it turns... Yeah. I think that'll be hard in the work.
0: They were making it look harder than it actually was. Uh, I think if okay. you were just swing and move, I think it'd be mm. okay. I mean, I've tried, obviously, but um, so yeah, egg beater. I don't know if they did. They do the new helix. I don't know if that was there.
2: Yeah, was I mean, um, listen to our our fellow UK podcast OCR disruption. Yeah. <laughs> they was saying how easy that looked. Yeah, I haven't actually. we I have been trying to find it. I haven't actually seen it, but yeah, apparently it's
0: you can pretty much. With oh, these things, it. though, like okay, we say that's easy. But you put that at the top of the mountain in Morsing where me me and Luke ran flush it. That's no longer easy. That is no longer easy. And you could and they're the sort of obstacles you fail because you think they're easy.
2: Yes, yeah, yeah. that makes well. sense like the block wall now.
0: Like you fly through it not really thinking about it. The one time you hit you hit the floor by accident or touch the you know, I remember I think it was Dash yeah. here and he was like, oh I came off bloody block wall I just wasn't thinking, do you know what I mean? But that is racing, isn't it? That is OCR racing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, it's anything's easy, you know, twist it, you can do it over, short, and, over hard. and over again. But you know, the spear you can do it over and over again. You when it's wet. next to someone or when it's wet or when you're racing, all of a sudden it's a whole different ballgame. Mm-hmm. But that's OCR. Do you know what I mean? So
2: Interestingly And last point before I need before my phone literally dies, uh <laughs> did you see um Nicole brought her friend, who is a yeah. marathon runner. She's and a she character. Absolutely, player, yeah. yeah. She smashed it. I think the she. The should she be run
0: because Nicole missed the spit, didn't she? Yeah,
2: Nicole missed the spit, but you don't know. They ran with each other the whole way, so she could still have beaten them. Never yeah, yeah. know. Well,
0: but that, that's
2: uh, going to be another dark horse like Rebecca Hammond to watch this year in the series. I think.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. Very exciting. 100%. And a um, oh, big shout out to obviously uh, Nikolai Dam and Leon Cafol as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Who obviously having a bit of a day trip at the minute, a day trip, a month trip over in America, <laughs> went and raced SoCal and Leon uh, fourth in the sprint. And then Nikolai got second in the sprint and the super just behind VJ Jones. They must We've got to been, get those
2: boys on. These
0: guys, who are these guys? They must have been thinking.
2: They were, they were so funny on that program. Leon. I was like Pac-Man, just chomping them from behind. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in touch with Nikolai at the minute. So they're doing Arizona on the 9th and tenth. So we'll yeah. get them on before they get to Arizona, and we'll have a chat. Yeah. With guys. Right before we bore everyone to death and everyone logs off, um, let's get to the podcast. We've got Phil Price, uh, strength and conditioning coach, as our guest today. So yeah, take it away.
3: So today we're joined by Phil Price, who is the program director for strength and conditioning science at St Mary's University in Southampton. Phil, welcome to the show.
4: All right. St Mary's is in, um, is in uh, Twickenham, London. Twickenham, sorry. Not so what nice. did you say, Southampton. I said that Southampton. His, uh, in mind. Uh, football
3: stadium, yeah. Yes, that was in my mind. I do live close. around the, the
4: UK, it seems One job. One job. <laughs>
3: How long's
2: it- the course? How long's the qualification?
4: It's three years.
2: Ooh.
4: And then we try and encourage everyone that goes through the three years to do a uh, a master's as well. So ideally, we want everyone at St Mary's for about five years, but strength and conditioning really lo- uh, leads into uh, something like our master's of research or our um, sports rehab master's degree really well. So you get a good broad range of injury prevention, strength training for elite athletes, uh, assessing injuries, for example, and it's like a huge continuum going from someone that's injured compared to someone that's uh, healthy and, uh, you know, trying to train to improve their performance at the elite level and they kind of cross over, so we try and encourage students to actually do both. Excellent.
2: And you've uh, coached a big variety of athletes in the past yourself, haven't you?
4: Quite a few, um, mainly in team team-based sports. So, mainly was rugby as me. Uh, I was the former head S and C coach down at Ealing Trailfinders. Back when they were semi-professional, they're now professional. Um, but I did a lot of work with the talented athlete scholarship scheme. So, any young athlete that shows a lot of promise is often put on this uh, course where alongside their studies they'll get a lifestyle support advisor they'll get an SNC coach usually they might have something to do with nutrition so that was quite nice because you got to work one-on-one one with athletes but at the same time they're usually from sports that you're not too familiar with so you have to really try and uh, think about the demands of the sport and the athlete so uh, I, like for example I worked with um, ice hockey which was something I'd never done before when I was on that scheme so um, yeah it's still going now I just I just don't actually work out. My mainly focus on uh, teaching at the moment, but hoping to get much more into coaching again because my PhD is now finished, which is nice.
3: So alongside the day job, Phil, um, you run OCRs. When was the first one? What was
4: the first one you did? Um, Did a few with friends. We did a toughest with friends years ago. Actually, I think the first one was the tough guy.
1: Oh. Oh.
4: And yeah, that kind of stuck in my mind because that was freezing. Mm-hmm. And for some reason just before that, I lost a load of weight. So I was really lean at the time, which was the worst thing to do. Um, and yeah, I just remember being absolutely freezing cold to the point where I couldn't speak at the afterwards. But very enjoyable. And then since doing that, I did a Spartan, did a Toughest. And then obviously last year, you've probably seen on social media Mm -hmm. and I have done as many OCRs as we can trying to get a bit of a range from different companies because we saw it as like a as a warm-up season and a sport that we'd like to get involved with so try different ones whilst we're learning the ropes because she's former netball I'm former rugby weightlifting so quite far removed from long distance endurance type sports so yeah quite a challenge
2: I can imagine Spartans up to your wheelhouse with all the heavy yeah. lifting.
4: Yeah, I mean I don't think I'm the fastest, but I don't slow down much when I got picked something up. Um then again I'm a bit of a bit of a lump anyway, I'm about ninety two kilos, so in comparison to the
2: Mass moves mass.
0: Yeah. <laughs> physics. What we really want to know is who's quicker. Does she <laughs> hold you back or do you hold her back? And be honest.
4: Oh, I probably yeah. hold her back. Do you? Yeah, no, she, she's she's done like half marathon before. She's got a bit more of an endurance background. It just part we're talking about, sorry, is it Hayley Is it? Yeah, Hayley. Yeah. So Hayley's, Hayley's my, my fiance. Right. But we do most of, we do ACR, but we try to see it, we do challenges. So mm. everything's slightly different and we try and change our approach to training to try and match the fact that we could potentially do anything. We have a, a robust human body that might be able to tolerate what kind of stresses we can, we can do. So, yeah, we're, we try to make up all sorts of stuff. So this year should be quite interesting. We've got some ideas probably for me. But, yeah. um, what
3: kind tell of- us,
2: also oh, go on, Luke, I was going to say take, quickly, tell us to come into the elite female wave. We need more people.
4: Yeah, yeah, she, we, we've signed up to the Tougher mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, what's that, Beginning beginning of May? Yeah, four for May is the first one for them. And um, Haley did the Tough and Muddy Elite level last year, actually. Uh, she came ninth. That's good. So she's, yeah, she's, she's pretty good um, for someone that's just come into it. Um, and then I think for the Spartans, the first two we wanted to do, mm-hmm. uh, we've booked in for, what was it, the age group categories. Just to have like a little taster. Uh, against stronger runners and then we're hoping for the, the last two we're hoping to do four Spartans this year Uh last two move up to the elite level so we'll see how that goes I might be knackered by then and absolutely bomb out but <laughs> no. so
3: with uh, these more OCR races in mind what kind of changes will you be making or
4: additions that you'll be doing to like your training programs with this in mind for me I just need to become a better runner mm-hmm like I've tried to view ACR as like okay, what are the demands of the sport, and try and have a look at what everyone else is doing to see okay, what's what's taken and what separates. I don't know, I'm i still learning names, but for example, on the men's side, like a Connor Hancock compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the field, um, drugs.
2: Um, <laughs> as if
4: He's super fast, just <laughs> Bold, a machine.
2: Don't?
4: Yeah. But these guys are just excellent runners, and when OCR, at the end of the day, is about 90% running, given mm-hmm. how many obstacles there are, and if you have to carry something, um, you have to be a really, really good runner to have any chance of doing well. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I've always generally been okay at the, at the obstacles. I've got an all right base of strength, which means I can sort of muscle through it and won't have to tolerate <laughs> the burpees. Mm -hmm. But that means nothing if I'm not a great runner, especially when it comes to hills. So at the moment, I've made a focus of reducing the amount of volume I'm spending on strength work. Um, Mm -hmm. I still have to have some because, like I said, we're doing a number of challenges. So um, I think there's one or two CrossFit competitions I'm going to enter. Uh, I'm going to enter then there was an indoor rowing chance towards the end of the year. So I still need a bit of mass to be able to move mm-hmm. stuff, um, but still want to have a decent running bolt behind me. So at the moment, I'm just trying to get my volume up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not really focusing too much on uh, fast paced interval work at the moment. I hopefully introduce that soon, but I just don't have that ability to, for my musculoskeletal system, to be able to tolerate just pounding on the pavement over and over again as I run at a very sort of steady pace. So it's like tempo runs. um, And essentially, all of this is enabling me just to practice the skill of running. Running is a skill. And if I run poorly, then I'm going to have really terrible adaptations that are going to come from it. So I can improve my scores, but still be a terrible runner. But that's not going to work for me uh, long t- long term. So, um mm-hmm. yeah. So my focus really is is on the skill. at the uh, Yeah, definitely over what do you call a winter training. Yeah, yeah. I try there... away from any of those like brutal runs where they you get thrown in the water. You've done that? that before, and I'm like oh, oh. the chest high water, just yeah. wading. Oh, hell runner,
3: that's a brutal one. Hell one is brutal. Where's that? Uh, that was in South- Long South- Longmont? <laughs> Yeah, and can, um, isn't there. older army. In an older off. shot way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On the barracks. Um, yeah. So with the increased amount of running you're doing, Phil, is there anything that you're adding in into the, your gym workouts to help you like withstand uh the increased volume? Are you doing some more specific strength stuff to make sure like your calves are strong enough? knees hamstrings etc are you like balancing it out with a bit more mobility or like prehab kind of stuff because we find a lot of people come into ocr then they really run loads because they think oh running's the best thing Mm -hmm. they injure themselves because they're probably not strong enough for the volume they've tried to put on themselves yeah Um is there anything specific you've been doing to kind of balance it an equilibrium maybe
4: Yeah, I'll probably take that through in in, in two parts. Uh, One of the main changes I've made is the focus on trying to teach my lower limb to act like a spring. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just want to do that so I can actually have the ability to quickly um, absorb the force of landing and return that, so my force expression is better, but at the same time, if I'm acting like a spring, um, there's... that will reduce the amount of metabolic cost with each step. So I'm utilizing the passive tissues to, you know, stretch, absorb that elastic energy and, and return it. And that should hopefully with each step reduce the metabolic cost and that hopefully improve my endurance running. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do quite a lot of lower level plyometrics because I think you, again, you need that bolus of lower level intensity plyometrics to be able to deal with the high forces that come with, definitely with running, and it'll hopefully allow me to progress to more intense plyometric activity. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so when you say low-level plyometrics, just give us an example of a couple of, um, so you're talking like box jumps?
4: No, so a box jump is more, I do box jumps for a general lower limb extension power. Yeah. Um, but anything that involves shock, so yeah. plyometric comes from sort of shock training from Verkashansky where he'll design a. a An exercise where you're essentially rebounding off something usually it's the floor so anything that's classified as a plyometric has that contact time of 0.5 seconds and below so um i've been doing a lot of what i like to well sprint drills essentially anything where i'm doing some form of Hopping, but also mimicking certain body positions when it comes to sprinting. Yeah. So, are you familiar with like A drills, uh, B drills, B skits, yeah. anything that can encourage that spring like capability? Um, and the faster I go, the more plyometric it becomes. Um, yeah. So, I do those sorts of things. So, I just put up on, on my blog this morning a very basic um, blog post where I was saying how people should do more of these mm-hmm. you the, the, like I said earlier to get better at running you, you better run and the better runners usually do a lot of running because they're good at it um, but then when it comes to your exercise selection that should actually take into account what skill that you want to be good at so mm-hmm. these, these drills are very good at developing uh, musculoskeletal adaptations which will be very similar to the limb acting like a spring Hitting hitting key positions like having a decent knee drive, so that when you um, when your knees in the air and for, your foot then about to come in contact with the ground, you're actually pouring it back. Uh, so that will in turn improve how you express force on the ground. It will stop you uh, landing your foot too far out in front of you because that's going to mm-hmm. increase braking forces. Just things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I do a lot of those and. People often incorporate them into warm-ups, but I've tried to incorporate them into the main session as well. Um, and then the other things I've been doing is I've had four knee surgeries, mm-hmm. so I don't have the greatest mobility, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of them ACL reconstructions. Um, now I've got your email after, I've got the first one on video, um, which was in a weightlifting competition, uh, and I. I tried to do the jerk.
0: Was it a problem with oh. Owen? Could you see it go inwards and everything? Oh. You couldn't
4: necessarily see it. doesn't look too bad, but it sounds like dropping uh, a snooker ball on a wooden floor. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. I'll have to send it to you. Oh, it? Thanks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny you say no, that, because I watched, um, watched uh, Conor McGregor's, his new documentary uh, last night, and right. that happened in a fight. And they, st- he, well, in like a, sorry, in like a play, play fight sort of thing. Mm. Uh, play fight. <laughs> what are they, call, what are they call it? You know, they it? They there we
2: go. Oh, I
0: even I played. know that. Play fight. <laughs> <Obviously>. <laughs> I think <they'd> <laughs> probably, and you actually, they replayed the documentary and you could hear that exact noise in his knee. And he's like, I couldn't feel anything. But then it turned out, yeah, he'd uh, basically ripped his ACL.
4: Yeah, I, when I did mine, I couldn't feel anything either. And, um. That's when I knew it was bad because I couldn't feel my leg. Yeah, um, I just felt something give way, and that was it. Mm. But luckily, the bar didn't land on me. Um, but yeah, I was 101 <laughs> kilos at the time, and I had to be <sighs> stretched out. You know those plastic cheap um, stretchers they have at the side of a swimming <laughs> pool. Oh, yeah, seven yeah. yeah. people had to lift me, and then they took me outside and left me on the grass because that's the only way that the, uh, the ambulance could get to me. Oh wow! <laughs> <See> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They clearly didn't care. Movement because moving out the way so they can carry on with the competition. <laughs> 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 How
2: long ago was that? Oh,
4: two thousand and twelve.
3: Oh, so not ages ago. That's only what seven, well, six, seven years.
4: Yeah. Damn. More to the point, do you feel the effects of that now running? Mm. Not too much. Um i still have sort of mobility issues around the on my left side my hip and my foot pretty tight um midfoot so you know as you make contact with the ground when you're running your foot sort of pronates it claps inwards because the arch mm-hmm. and um that creates sort of, sort of a sequencing effect where you, your your shin bone sort of rotates slightly inwards and so does your 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 then thigh bone and that creates a rotation at your hip so Muscles activate first by lengthening and that sequence of movements creates a lengthening which is needed for the glute max, the big hip muscle, to activate, provide support for the lower limb because really as you pull back you want your hip just to remain an extension. Uh, you don't want to be bending too much at the knee. If the hip that remains an extension then you just act like a spring. Um, so if you don't have that movement purely because your foot might be a little bit tight then you don't get the support from your hip. And if your hip's not dealing with that forces, you're usually feeling it somewhere else. And we often say that the, if you've got a problem at the knee, it's usually because there's some issue at the foot or the hip, and the poor knee's just stuck in the middle. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work trying to gain movement in my foot so that it enables that pronation movement. And i am mm-hmm. trying to gain that motion again in my hip as well. So that means... I take myself away from the the run, work on my mobility, but then taking it back into the skill to see if I can then utilise that uh, new range of motion because otherwise it would just go stiff to the way it was before. So, those are my two areas which I've been focusing on, which I think are more specific to running. Um, and would I, yeah, that be?
2: Uh, I was to say, would that be worse than someone with flat feet or with a high arch? Because I imagine like with a high arch, they collapse more. But then with a flat foot, you're just there all the time.
4: Yeah, so with a flat foot, you often almost like an over-pronation. So when you think about promotion, there's a little bit of a sweet spot. And if you have people with high arches, they often can't really pronate that well, me. And then you have people with flat foot who over-pronate, and you have a similar problem where you're either not getting that motion at all or you're getting it too much, and then you're putting unnecessary stresses on the um, uh, Usually happens at
0: the knee. Mm. Don't do you any bad. That isn't, Natasha? Let's be honest. Yeah, huh? so you scored, but your times are doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah, we we're too much. Okay.
2: I do. you have very flat feet though? Bases. <laughs> put it
0: on the other side then. Um, let's take it to Haley. So someone that doesn't need the running but might need the strength. What would you give to her as a sort of strength and conditioning for running?
4: Um. I was still training in a similar way that I want to teach her low lens how to act like a spring. Yeah. For Haley, she has yeah, like a quite a good aerobic base, but I think her speed could improve.
1: Okay.
4: Uh, just try and teach her body to develop force quickly. Um, so for her, we've been working quite a bit on her strength. Because we were, I think we if we increase her strength at the moment, it gives her a bit more of an affordance. So if her strength is up here, yeah. um, I mean she's got more potential to reach higher forces if she has to produce force quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But increase the, the the ceiling first and then work on that any exercise that develops speed quickly. So the primetrics, maybe weightlifting. Weightlifting's a, a tricky one. There's always a trade-off between um, I think it's good but at the same time it's a very specific skill and if you want to develop those adaptations from it you need to be very proficient at the skill so yeah. learning that skill can sometimes take a bit of time so people in like um team sports where they only have a short off season often choose to like do weighted um barbell jumps and stuff like that because they feel it's a better use of their time you can yeah. get adaptations more quickly um but yeah that that's all, that's
0: our focus and We've also. So we could, did get her strength up. So, for instance, you said to get her strength up to here. Is that simply compound movements? So, like your deadlifts, your squats, that type of thing? Yeah, we've been mainly focusing on those. So, so, like a winter winter strength training program, effectively, five to five sets, all that sort of thing. Yeah. And oh. uh, I think we
4: could get to a certain strength <laughs> level quite quickly.
0: Actually. You put know? your hand up. There's, we're on the system where you put your hand up, <laughs> up here. <laughs> don't just
2: go. <laughs> Well, he's a professor, so you know, welcome yeah. like in class.
1: I wish.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. No
1: one knew that. This your- you,
2: as like, because I'm quite a newbie, strength in the gym, is it better to do hypertrophy first and then your strength, like your five by five, or strength first then hypertrophy? Because I've heard two sides of the coin. Like bigger muscle, you can then get more strength in it, or you need to build strength first and then the hypertrophy i don't know
4: okay. i'm very
2: confused what to do
4: yeah it, i guess it depends on the overall aim so if you're looking
3: for to be p-
2: a, to be a really good OCR athlete bigger
3: oh. oh nice and broad
4: <laughs> <laughs> narrows it down for it. i mean i'm going to be quite biased towards that and i would do the hypertrophy first and then the strength second um that's because i I see the hypertrophy as more as tissue conditioning um as a way of gaining a a solid base before adding intensity to it um and if i'm utilizing the approach where i see movements like the squat i see that as an opportunity to practice the skill of the squat and if i want to get better at it i need to practice more and that's when you get five fives because you know you want to increase the volume I would do that first before I start increasing the intensity through uh, loading. So I would do we should, that.
2: We should probably, just in case, there is some listeners who don't know what hypertrophy yeah. is. Explain what it is. <laughs>
0: Go for it, then, Natasha. You do it.
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm not the expert.
0: <laughs> it's you have no idea. All I
2: know <laughs> is we do lower weight, more volume. In the or like,
0: what rep range? What rep range? I, Sorry, I'm just taking over. I'm asking the question, I
2: don't, and then you can correct me because I, I this is like basic knowledge is you're depending on the lift, like an eight to 12 or eight to 15 rep range, and maybe three sets, but a lighter weight compared to your five by five strength.
4: Yeah, that is that right? well Right, it depends. Um, you can stick to the slightly moderate weights so which you would lift for hypertrophy so increase the size of the muscle you could uh, utilize a rep range of maybe 6 to 8 um alternately you could probably get similar um adaptations from slightly lighter weight and go for 8 to 12 normally once you go above 12 it's more yeah. developing muscular endurance.
1: endurance yeah that's
4: me but that 6 to 12 i mean you're going to get differences between um Myofibular hypertrophy and uh, sarcoplasmic hypertrophy. So, one is more about um, improving, or well, you hypertrophy due to the muscle breakdown, whereas other uh, sarcoplasm is more about sarcoplasm <laughs> within the muscle cell. So, slightly change, slight changes in muscle rep scheme can uh, influence hypertrophy in different ways. Um, well, I've often found the best way of uh, improving hypertrophy to try and keep a higher stimulus would be you can get the five fives but you do other things to try and keep the muscle under tension so you know spend longer during the eccentric phase um, having short rest periods so you keep the you keep the load relatively even higher um, but you spend more time under attention so you get more of that damage which the
0: muscle can then repair itself for. Um,
2: and this, so you get and strength this is, and big muscles.
0: However, this is the issue with that, and this is why I don't do weights, because the next morning you feel like shit.
2: Not if you keep Stop. doing it, Jack. Well, no, that doesn't work
0: like that, because you want to go more, and then you do more deadlifts, and then your legs can't move at all the next morning. <laughs> and then when you're doing downhill reps, it's like... Then you need <laughs> to suck it up. Yeah, you do.
2: Princess. No. When
0: you oh, do, it. you do a lot of eccentric loading in the
4: off-season, and it should hopefully... Uh, and enable you to deal with the uh, eccentric stresses that might happen during the race season or during a particular race, especially when running downhill. Like that's, mm. running downhill places a large eccentric stress on the body.
0: People right. so, don't here. think
2: about that either. They just think, oh, it's downhill. It's easy. Oh, definitely. Look, my heart
0: rate was lovely and low. It's fine.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gravity's doing all the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Four minute miles downhill. Brilliant. <laughs> so <laughs> let's bring it back then. How often would you be doing that? So let's put a week together of yourself. How often should you be doing each one with your running? And then how often should you be doing specific training for OCR as well, i.e. grip work, uh, pull-ups, things like that?
4: When you say which one, what do you mean? Sorry, of- I
0: mean, so let's just say, let's just take an average. Uh, it's difficult because we're all training something different. But if you were to take the average listener who's clearly going to do a few open races this year, potentially go to age group or elites and they're just looking to, one, they're already running because they know they need to run, uh, but they're looking to put some sort of strength and conditioning program in, how often should they be doing sort of hypertrophy? How often should they be doing strength sets? How often should they be running compared to that out of your opinion of what you've found in yourself?
4: Um, I would, probably less than you would think I would suggest, if I'm honest, like the running is perfect for the OCR because that's what you'll be doing during the OCR, so we need to do a lot of that. Um, and I think, especially someone that isn't necessarily hugely weight trained, uh, if you just want to get them stronger because that's the time of year you're focusing on it, yeah. um, strength is relatively easy to gain. And you're not trying to turn them into some strength monster. You just want to make them stronger. Mm. So you might... Newbie gains. Yeah, the gains. You might just... Newbie spend- ones. I don't know, four weeks of gaining that strength and you already have a um, strength ceiling which is good enough for the um, OCR season and then you do strength sessions just to maintain that over over the season. Um, So it might be, you might have in the off-season possibly two to three during the week but as you start approaching the, um, the OCR season I would say that you could reduce that to two, possibly one. Or certainly if you had two, you might have one that was more intense than the other. It it definitely depends on where your weaknesses are, how how your week's structured, that sort of thing. Um,
2: And would um, (laughs) would you do hypertrophy and strength within that week? Or would you say do a block of certain weeks at hypertrophy, then move to your strength, then maybe go back to hypertrophy?
4: I would probably block it a little more, but I'll still have some form of training which represents strength or something like that during the hypertrophy, um, just so I can actually have that. It's almost like your main, here's your, your key thing you're focusing on, it could be hypertrophy or what art, but then you've also got the other things which you have on the back burner, and then each block, you might be focusing on something slightly different. So let's, for this example, say we've gone hypertrophy, strength, and then, I don't like the saying power, but I would try and say speed work. Mm-hmm. Um, always have, you know, when you do your speed work, you wouldn't necessarily um, completely drop your your strength work, for example. But it's not like you're going to be doing five fives. You could do one to two fives and still maintain the the strength that you gained in the previous strength. Um. What I found quite interesting, which I learned the other other day, is that I'm sure you're familiar with wanting eccentric strength for the hamstrings, right? Mm-hmm. And they did a, a particular study where they had two groups and they did um, eccentric training using one of those knob So it was uh, like glute ham raises. Yeah. So after an initial two weeks where they did the same, mm-hmm. um, obviously both groups got stronger, but one group continued to do more and more. So they increased the volume of work uh, to the point where at the end of eight weeks, they did a hundred reps on the glute ham raise, whereas the other group, um just did eight eight each week and they found mm-hmm. that both groups maintained the same level of strength during this no. time but you'll be surprised what kind of they call it the minimum dose response you know you'll be surprised just how little um response you
0: probably need just to maintain in your face you two see i can lift weights once a year fine
2: law of diminishing returns i'm gonna stick my once every day i'm gonna do
0: one <laughs> every day let's
2: do kick your ass one
4: (laughs) squad I guess that would only work if you had the decent um, the off-season training to focus on that so just doing eight would probably mean you you get stronger a little bit but if you had something before eight is enough to maintain so
0: and I suppose um, as athletes, um, we all have certain areas we know we need to work on. Like, for instance, you know, it's your running. For me, I, I hold all my weight in my hips, so my hips are always tight. So it's like mobility, flexibility there. You know, for yourself, Natasha, you always want to get a bit stronger, especially women with a lot of upper body strength. So I suppose as long as you could focus on that thing over that period of time, you know, and it doesn't all happen in one year, does it? You know, a lot of these, like we're talking about Connor Hancock, he's been doing it, Tristan Steed, you know, these American guys, they've been doing it for five, six, seven years. They've been, you know, yeah. over a long period of time. You don't, unless you're seriously gifted, you can't just come into the sport and be amazing at it. There's always gonna be something that catches you out. Yeah. So,
4: And a lot of people that seem to be good have a, a strong training background in some yeah. similar sport. Sport, yeah. With, with the Spartan in, the, in July, was the the guy i think we did the super some guy that came in from like triathlon and actually
3: yeah Yeah. he was a world champion quad athlete um canoeist um, Um, yeah he lives down in bournemouth he's just crazy good runner and he's really strong so he's like almost the perfect mix for what ocr athlete would be
0: but would you believe, as he came into Spartan, he had, he'd never been on a rig before, never done rings before, never done twister before. He had no idea what he was doing. Yeah. Um, and he still doesn't. He would still openly admit that he's still blanking his way through OCR. But because he's got that background, and he, I mean, I followed him on the camera on that, that Spartan, literally, and he kept asking me what he had to do on each obstacle. <laughs> it was quite funny to watch someone that was that good, but generally learning as they were running.
4: And what probably helped him learn is the fact that his heart rate was probably so, so low <laughs> when tackling these skills for the first time whereas if you had someone else that wasn't as good as running yeah so just approach so the obstacle absolutely blowing they're obviously <laughs> going to be poor it so it, it kind of helps
0: yeah, yeah. no, 100
4: and I, I think that's going to happen i think i know well, that's something i wanted to ask you about where you think ocr is going because um definitely in the last few years, it seems to be growing more and more population, uh, popularity. And I wonder if more and more people will move over from other sports. Um, especially Because I often see, like, the, the most popular age group seems to be men's 30 to 35. <laughs> yeah. It might be, like, loads of people have spent the last 20 years playing football or rugby, got injured. I'm going to try something else now. This looks really fun. So yeah. a lot of people are moving that way, but mm-hmm. more and more youth athletes are seeing, oh, this looks like something fun to get involved with at the age of like 17, 18.
0: They're the worrying yeah. ones. I'm, personally, I'm less scared of the rugby players than footballers because I still don't think they've got the correct conditioning. I'd be more worried about a 15-year-old cross country runner coming from school, thinking, I want to do OCR as an athlete because those boys are, are rapidly quick. Yeah. You're getting it from that age, you know, sky's the limit whereas football a rugby player and, and your opinion i mean you're the expert in this case if you took a rugby player for a start you say oh, I, this is i'm gonna have a lot of rugby players going meh, 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 meh. but in general they don't seem like a quick endurance athlete to me and neither does a runner that makes sense i know you're going to pick out someone that's rapidly good and quick but in and, and,
3: new Zealand, guys Move
0: <laughs> <quick>. over 15 <laughs> miles in tahoe they're used to a nice, pristine mate. They fall over when they get a shitty little bump in the floor, let alone, you know, Spartan Windsor is almost like, let's put as many potholes in the way for the killer people, you know? But
2: once those rugby players increase their endurance, they've got the parents. But, power and the speed. yes,
0: here's the problem. How long does it take to increase your endurance? It takes yeah, year, true. years true. and years and years. Whereas yeah. if you've already got the endurance, i.e. Dan Corner, who is a triathlete, mm-hmm. it takes possibly less time to teach them to hang from a rig. I mean they what's the <laughs>
1: much less time.
0: Exactly. So there yeah. so your endurance athletes are already there, are gonna come in. So to answer your question, I think we're gonna get this year a lot more, but the bigger the sport gets, I really do think OCR yeah. will be the sport to be in because it's so fun as well.
2: And you've always got something to keep training for, whereas Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm gonna probably upset some pure runners now, but that used to be what I did. And then I just now I can't imagine anything more boring than just doing a run. I oh, it, we cut
0: you off. No, can't do Oh uh, no! Like, it's true.
2: I remember when I started the my shut running. Up. Shut I- up. No, no listen, listen. This point, what everybody are at my running club was like. What are you doing that for? It's not competitive. People are they're not proper sports people. But I think the more that it grows and they see your the likes of your Tristan's, your Connor Hancocks, you guys. They will go. Oh, actually, these guys could kick our ass in a running race. Yeah, that's and,
0: it quick.
2: Yeah, so it'll well, it, take well, I it a I like bit more doing, seriously. Up
0: to a park run or a marathon or a half marathon and beating most of the pure runners and thinking, eh.
2: yeah. Was well, it Tristan? Did um, that yeah. race? Dirty weekend. The twenty mile. I won that, and the next day did like a true twenty marathon. Yeah. Most people can't run a 220 marathon fresh when they well, just won the fan dance as
0: well. He went, yes, last weekend, yeah. the fan dance, which is like crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, I completely forgot where I was going, so he went on that brilliant tangent. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have another
2: question back on the strength. What do you see as the biggest mistake that newbies make when Great. they start strength and conditioning training?
4: Uh, going straight into high volumes of running without learning how to run. Uh, every time I. I I do an obstacle course race. So I see loads of them. Some are more obvious than others. But if you watch someone run from behind, and you see them going through the, the gait cycle and they don't drive their knee forward. So that leg still needs to come forward. You know, the foot needs to come forward. It's got nowhere to go. So it goes out to the side. You see when the people run and their knees are together and they run like, yeah, 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 exactly.
2: <laughs> and look, that's great for the listeners, by the way. We're all just doing this. <laughs> <for you.
4: laughs> hands. We're doing some <laughs> great visuals I, was, I look at that and it's like that must hurt and it probably doesn't at the moment for them but high volumes of that it will do and yeah. I just think you, you know you've got to earn the right to run um, and I, I, you, I have more experience with more sprint athletes with rugby but you still get people sprinting in rugby with, with more of like a um, heel strike for example uh, and so the, you might want to think well with sprinting you want to try and Uh, make contact with more four midfoot. So that would be the easy coaching point. Well, going from a heel strike to a forefoot strike is really quite different for that ankle. So if you just suddenly change how you're running, the tissues around the ankle are completely not ready for it. So all those sprint drills I was talking about, I would focus, you know, two to three months working on that so they earn the right to change the way they run. So, and I try and see that, these people that are running in this way in the obstacle course races with their flailing feet—I uh, <laughs> feel that like they have to earn the right to run as well by getting into the gym and especially, especially these people doing volumes on concrete. And I can't think of anything less forgiving, right? <laughs>
2: that it's was me a few to learn, years ago. <laughs>
4: you know, to be getting in the gym, learning how to, for starters, walk on walk on their forefoot and just having that—you know—developing some conditioning of the ankle complex and being able to like go on their toes before. Mm. um, before actually running, if they want to, that's boring. We, that's
2: the boring stuff, right? Just go and run.
4: Got it. It's, it's indoors, isn't it? That's right, the way I see it. It's indoors in the warm.
0: But uh, and, uh, Grease in the groove, greasing the groove. So, quick question then: What shoes do you wear?
4: Oh, I've got some innovates, but they've—I've worn them for every OCR I've done, uh, and I've worn them up to Everest Base Camp, and. Uh, they're pretty worn out. So I'm actually looking for a new shoe, to be honest.
0: But uh, yeah, quite innovative. XTRMs. Do you, do, do, just shut up, you're crazy.
2: XTRMs. Oh,
0: it's all just from the John album. I rock. They're
2: They're brilliant. They're the best shoes. I rock XTRMs.
3: I rock XTRMs, right. Yes. Okay. I'll get that down. Vivos. If you want to run
0: properly, Vivos.
2: No. Oh, vivos
3: are good, good but it takes a long time to get used to running. That's why yes. you do strength and conditioning.
2: No, Jack, you're going to get everybody going and putting vivos on and getting all injured because no, I'm, I'm all
3: right. That's yeah. You've been doing it for a long time. you the, the right the ex- yeah. 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 You taught yourself to run like that. You know how I did it? And this is really
0: weird you say this, right? I literally have a trampette. And oh. I get my trampette out, I get a resistance band, I tie it to my container, I lean into it so I get the forward lean, and I run on a trampette for about 20 minutes. I swear to God, you go for a run after that. You run perfectly.
2: I don't even know what a tramp it is. I it's need Like to a mini trampoline.
0: Is that one oh. of the things all the
3: ladies go to in a class and bounce up and down?
0: Pretty much. But oh I use yeah, it, that one. But I use it for what, like you were saying, I use it for spring recoil coil. So it helps me to drive my knee forwards, and then I get correct position on my foot placement, and there's no impact, so I can go sprints on that. Boom! I'm not, I'm not having any impact, no injury, but I'm learning to. My muscles are doing that work. If that makes sense.
4: What's your foot like? As in, do you over, have you got like flat feet or you got high arches?
0: No, I've got pretty good, normal, normal feet. I wear toe spread. I'm giving away all my secrets now. I wear toe spreaders every week, every night. No. So I really, I really look after my feet. I don't think I, don't think I do very well. No. If I'm be honest, if I'm be honest, right? So I wanted to run a marathon barefoot. So I completely scrapped everything I knew about running and I taught myself. I went on a Lee Saxby course and I went and taught myself to run barefoot. I did two or three marathons barefoot, quite minimal. Now I could I, the only issue with being barefoot now is I can't find a shoe that like a, uh, what you guys wear, um, even evades, Right, I lost toenails because my I've got such wide display of my toe box now. I need a shoe that suits that. I can't even wear my Converse anymore. So if I go out, I have to wear Vivos. <laughs> or Freaks, who's another company that I'm supported by. And they're the only shoes I can find to actually fit and wear now because I've splayed my toes so much, um, just purely because I've obviously had a big toe box. So you've ruined uh, your feet? No, no, I've made them super strong. Super strong.
2: <laughs> we don't look after our feet enough. That's probably no, but one they're, thing.
0: They're, they're connected to the floor. Why wouldn't you? They're the only thing yeah, that's connected I do. to the floor.
2: I do completely get your point. and And uh, Ross Edgley talks about it a lot, that we just put our feet in these cars. But
1: eBay. Spot like,
2: for, yeah, that's like I'd have to really, that would take decades, I think. Because like, I've come from road running where I was in massive nikes for my flat feet to stop that pronation you were talking about earlier. Because I was getting really bad soleus. And then when I moved over to OCR, I kept getting um, issues with my ankles, my soleus, just from the being in the, the IROCs. Whereas, you know, if I went into Vivos, that would just happen again. So it's, it would be a very long process.
0: But like all things, you have to be careful and take time about doing it and do it slowly. And this is the issue. A lot of people don't. Like you say, they go straight into these shoes. Even like what you wear might be quite minimal for a lot of people if they've been used to real thick 20 mil high arch shoes. You know, like like people that wear authentic, or Authentics, is that me? Authentics. Authentics or supported shoes. Do you know what I mean? If they're going into those minimal shoes – the soleus is going to feel it because all of a sudden it's doing what it's supposed to do.
2: One pet hate is when people do well, leg strengthening stuff in the gym in big fat shoes. Surely that's not putting your... What do you mean like
0: weightlifting yeah. shoes or...
2: No, like, as in like well. running shoes like with big cushioning or whatever. That's because don't
0: know,
4: isn't it?
2: What would you suggest, Phil?
4: Say it again. So- What's
2: the best shoes to wear when you're doing like... Or would your- you wear barefoot
4: I, would For strength do, work. I, definitely, I do a lot in barefoot when it comes to the, the sprint drills I was talking about because they're sort of like a low lowish impact
1: yeah
4: mm. I think it's a great way of it's definitely strengthening the feet if uh if I start increasing the speed so the, the forces are going to increase so I tend to utilize the shoe that I'm <laughs> going to be running in just so I'm familiar with it so um I, 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 I want, I'm curious to know what this clumpy shoe is. I can only oh, think of well, the... <laughs> black ones like Clarks that you wore when you were like six on your first day of
0: school. <laughs> no, right. what mean is, oh. she's, she's on about the guy in, in the gym that's got white socks pulled up to his calves and he's got clearly like £19.99 pound trainers from...
2: The Nike Air Maxes. Yeah, yeah, oh, like the cheapest
0: going. of the pines.
4: Yeah, I don't think they provide much support. Anyway, they're purely
2: just an aesthetic shoe, aren't they? Yeah. uh... Oh, I'll never forget when I first started running, I didn't know there was such a thing as running trainers. and I was wondering why I was getting pains up my shins because I was just going running in my normal leisure trainers. (laughs) But then
0: this is where the argument continues. You know I was saying about shoes? Like, you should be able to run. If you run properly and your form is good, you should be able to run in any shoe. I appreciate it if you have a big, heavy shoe... you know your proprioception is going to be not as good admittedly because you can't have the feel but in general you should be able to run in any shoe
4: especially any neutral shoe yeah yeah the
0: form the form should be the same yeah and i.e. lifting I suppose but because I know when I got into um, Vivo and Vibrams were quite big at the time and everyone in my gym used to be lifting in Vibrams you know pretty much barefoot but it was quite funny how a fad of like Vibrams and this all seems to have gone away again now I think
4: yeah, well, Vibrants were sued, weren't they? Yeah, they were, yeah. And then they sort of disappeared and Vivos had come back. Come back, yeah. Yeah. I I definitely recommend feet strengthening exercises. I mean, every time you land on the floor, they've been absolutely pounded. Um, quite interesting, you mentioned Ross Edgley, because I, I saw one of his recent posts about the, um, the Vibrants, or the Vivos, uh, and, and he cited a particular piece of research about how you know and he kind of insinuating that you know where these shoes are good for running um but if you look into the research uh the two groups that he looked at this particular study um Mm -hmm. they didn't actually run in the uh, vibrant shoes they did um a control group uh one group did feet strengthening exercises and then one group wore um very minimalist shoes, and they found that the minimalist shoes walking around in them are just as good as the foot-strengthening exercises. So, you know, they're a good thing to use, potentially, but you don't want to be utilising that piece of research to say, look, they're good, go run in them, because that's what the research was not saying at all. They're not saying they're bad, but they're good for this specific thing. I guess when utilising research, you've got to be quite careful with how you interpret it, too, because someone else may interpret it different to what you are, and that can lead to you know, potentially injury. Um.
2: So, Phil, do you put out any, like you talk about um, feet strengthening and stuff, on your blog, is there like, any videos or anything that people can look at to get an idea of actually what that would entail?
4: I haven't at the moment, but I might do in the future. Like at the moment, the blog was just covering last year it was covering what we did in all the races, Hayley and I, and uh, anything that we were doing. And then now I'm trying to utilize it more from writing, but I don't see why I couldn't um, utilize video. I mean, one of the key things was I think with the one I put this morning when I was saying how um, people should start incorporating sprint drills into their training someone actually commented underneath it saying, well, I've never sprinted, so why should I do it? And I was like, you (laughs) haven't really...
2: Grasped the point.
4: (laughs) Yeah, it's not quite the point I was was making. Um, You don't have to have sprinted, you don't have to be a sprinter to actually utilise these because they're still just focusing on developing the skill of running rather than going to make you an amazing sprinter. So maybe if I started utilising different examples and maybe video, voice, whatever it might be, yeah, it's definitely something I'm thinking of looking into. Um, I wanted to blog for quite some time and haven't been able to. So now 2019 is definitely the year where I'm trying to push these um, ideas, especially trying to um, get ideas out to the, the general public because um, sometimes it's quite easy to misinterpret it. I don't really know much about nutrition and um I think that's very much uh, an area where people are on one side or the other, you know, some people are like, no, it's all about no carbs or whatever it may be. It's it's quite militant, it seems. Strength and condition isn't there, but it still has quite a lot of uh, stuff out there that's been misinterpreted and that can be poorly utilised. So I'd hopefully, through this blog, or especially through St. Mary's, utilise it as an opportunity uh, to get some decent information
0: out there. Um,
2: That's exciting. I'll definitely be following. Yeah. Just before
0: you go, we'll, um, got a question. So, five exercises then. Let's yeah. think OCR. Give me your top five exercises for OCR in a strength and conditioning consideration.
4: Uh, God, I mean, this is obviously going to be
0: individualized for everyone. Yeah, but, 100%. But if you if you could only do five exercises. And live lift- yeah
2: oh Um, i've got a good example about my dad (laughs) but he's brand new what would you what would you give someone like that brand new new? so he's my my dad so brand new never lifted a weight oh he just started his running wants to do a sprint Sprint, sprint, end of may
0: sprint traffic uh sprint sprint yeah
2: what are the five strength exercises someone like that should focus on and then we can go to let's say he's
0: running anyway Okay, so he's got to do some running. Always not.
4: (laughs) I'll do one compound movement, so either a uh, squat or a deadlift. Okay, so I wouldn't mind which one uh, for the moment. Which is better? (laughs) Which
1: is better? It's got to be
4: deadlift, deadlift, doesn't it? I mean, different muscles. Different muscles, and sometimes because if you just want lower limb extension strength and that's the only thing you need it for. Sometimes you, you've got to take the the body shape of the athlete. And if they you more enjoy, um, I think everyone should pick one and be consistent with it because people often go back and forth. Oh, I'm doing some squat stuff now, and then they do some deadlift stuff and forget about the squat. Then all of a sudden their strength doesn't You know, it fluctuates quite a bit. It doesn't consistently go up. So I, I pick one, and a lot of that can be down to these athletes' pre- uh, preference.
0: The only thing I find with my clients is if you've only got a short term with your clients is a lot of them can't squat properly. So it takes you a lot of time to actually get them to in that position of a squat, whereas a deadlift seems easier taught, if that makes sense.
4: Yeah, certainly. It kind of similar to the, the weightlifting example earlier. Like if you've got a limited time, just do what you can. Yeah. Um, I think with a squat, um, depends. it depends who you're working with. But if they move well in general, they've just never been taught how to squat. Few coaching cues and a good ten minutes, and they will probably squat pretty well. Yeah, sure. So if you have got someone that's uh, like fifty-six years old uh, and hasn't squatted for ages, then Ever. The,
0: that could be interesting. We want, we want, we want video images. <laughs>
4: uh, then I would have some form of unilateral movement, uh, so one-legged. I mean, I'll leave the the general strength stuff to to the deadlift in this case. So I'm, they have different names, but you're familiar with the like airplane type movement where you're on one leg, keep that relatively, yeah, and go forward. Yeah. I like that particular one because you can often see if anyone has uh, a lack of ability to um, load the hip musculature, they'll try and go onto their side like that rather than face yeah. down. That's a really difficult skill to do. And it's that lengthening, which is quite similar to Uh, what I was talking about when it comes to when you land during running. So I do like that one. And once you get quite good at that, um, it's quite easy to load as well. Um, And that's something I'm particularly bad at. If I don't mobilize or do anything for for a few days, I go back to that movement and I'm rubbish at it. So I'll go for that one. It's my unilateral one. Uh, I want something bouncy. (laughs) So... For your dad, what's your dad's name? Victor. Oh, excellent name!
2: What a name!
4: <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, so, Victor, i would guess him.
2: his tummy used to bounce, doesn't anymore.
4: Jack, <laughs> yeah, you can lend him your little trumpet and see what. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, that's a tricky one. I wouldn't want to do anything too intense. So I would rule out at the moment anything like a you know you're stepping off a box and trying to rebound. It's probably a bit too much for. Him. So I would introduce probably probably the the sprint drills and try and get them. Say your feet are going forward, pointing forward, and you're just patting on the on the ball's forefoot like that. I know I'm on a podcast and no one can actually see what my hands are doing. Um, so I would try and teach, you know, like just hopping there and try and get into every time that he gets off the ground, to almost like point his toes up and then plant it every time he makes contact with the ground. So it's like a cocking of the foot. And that's what you want to encourage during running. So I try and teach that as my sort of low, lowish level plyometric type uh, exercise. I've got two left. Yeah. Yeah. Two left. Um, I'd have an upper body strength movement most likely some kind of upper body pull uh this is definitely something we've been working with with hayley um Mm -hmm. so she's she's getting much much better at um going over the high walls and a lot of that's coming from the technique of just practicing it but having the upper body strength to sort of lock in the arm over it so you can get the leg over has really helped from a, a practicing i'd say the the pull up but any regression of that would yeah. also count. So it could be with bands, it could negatives. be- hip Or anything like that, negatives, yeah. So I, I'd have that as my number four. And then the number five, um, we'd have to do something regarding grip strength. So I would do anything involving grip strength, really. If there's some kind of rig, and if you can just like hold on to the rig. it has got, to- got a rig, it has got a rig.
2: Like my rig is at my parents' house, so he has no excuse. I can't get there, but he can use it.
4: Yeah. Right, you just to, right you're going to tell him. Next time you turn up, so he's not allowed to answer the door. You're going to go around back, and you just see him just hanging there.
2: Yeah, okay. <laughs>
4: <laughs> just practice that and build up that strength. So you don't even have to move at first. Mm. I'm sure you would you you go into that. But anything, so I often find that people have a limited grip strength, but it's the same thing as, like, My grip strength's okay, but again, I'm 92 kilos, so I don't think my grip strength is good enough for my body weight. Mm -hmm. Certainly not sort of like grip endurance. So uh, that's a particular area I definitely want to work on, just can't get to a climbing facility. But um, I'm hoping to do more OCR grip-specific stuff as we start to approach March anyway. So Mm -hmm. those those would be my, my five, I think. I've got Put it on
2: the blog when you do it on your blog.
4: Yeah, I'll uh, so have to be the next. next I have to think of a snazzy title for that one. Um, um, yeah, those those would be my five.
3: Excellent. Oh, Phil, where can people find this blog? Is it on uh, your website?
4: Uh, yeah. Uh, so the website's called beyondyourpeak.com. dot mm-hmm. so You can find all the stuff I've written on there, and any photos and stuff like that. Uh, I'm mostly um, active on uh, Instagram, really. So I have a Twitter account, which I usually do for my academic stuff. But anything regarding training and and, uh, sort of blog posts, Ryan, I try and do through Instagram. So it's thepricep, all one word. That's me on Instagram. Um, And yeah, well, hopefully. We're Hayley and I are obviously very new to the OCR community, so if anyone sees us at any of these uh, events, please don't hesitate to come and say hi, because we're yet to meet anyone, really.
0: Hayley's the one with the netball and you've got the rugby ball, yeah? Is that right? We'll come (laughs) with balls. Yeah, come with balls. Let me know.
2: So, you're not at the first, Spartan, because you're at Tough Mudder, right? You can't
4: say that on here. We're we're both doing the Tough Mudder on the Saturday than the Sprint on the Sunday.
2: Ah, oh, cool. See you there, then.
4: That, that's going to be interesting. Do you guys only do the Spartans then? Uh, not only,
3: but uh,
2: <laughs> pretty much just because of the Spartans. the limitation of what we've got over in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Um, personally, and I'm not dissing tough mudder, but I'm rubbish in water and cold, so they're not. They're just not for me. Mm. Um. But that's all. Big, big OCR wise. That's all we've really got, isn't it? Now, so. Yeah, Spartan's the main one.
4: And you guys go, what's happened with the OCR World Cup? is not a World Cup, World Championships. I like that,
2: World Cup. World Cup sounds better. Yeah, Uh, that's in... There's three
4: options, don't
3: they? Yeah, it's returning uh, to the same venue and the same time of year this year and adding in a 100-metre championships as well. And a 7K. And
0: 7K? Yeah, as an open-wave 7K,
4: yeah. Oh, Um, open-wave. Yeah. Oh, it is It is one that I... What was it, I'm, I'm on the... What I really want is mm-hmm. CMX to come to the UK.
0: Or hey. a of so. Luke's
2: uh, grinning because he would be brilliant at that.
0: The so Superhuman so yeah. Games are bringing a version of to the UK. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm.
3: It's, a, it's a run with every K there is a functional exercise movement and then you run a K another functional exercise. So it's a... It's longer than the one mile one, but yeah. uh, it's very similar. That's in August, I believe.
0: Yeah, but all it's going to take is a couple of years to get those guys get, um, you know, like found and grounded, and then all of a sudden, then you'll have that short course stuff, won't you? Short yeah. course will take off in the UK this year.
3: You think,
0: yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just going to take some time to come through, isn't it? Because
2: I want some more beasts, please.
0: You want the long you want stuff today. I like. Craft- I like-
4: Last day, so I'm happy to never do one of those again.
2: They're my favorite.
4: I'm with you, I'm with you
0: there, Natasha. I'm afraid. Yeah,
2: why would you not want more of it?
0: (laughs) 100 meters that's going to be over in what? How how long is it going to take some of those top guys to do a 100 meter course? I know it depends what the course is, but it's going to be over in a minute, surely. Yeah, yeah, probably. How boring. (laughs) Um,
2: (laughs) Me and Jack are biased too, we like the endurance, but.
0: It will be good to watch, and I might enter it just for shits and giggles, but yeah, not good.
4: What about the <laughs> Ripple events? Ripple, brilliant Ripple. events. But they always turn up, like they're the ones I can never find online, and then mm. all of a sudden I see loads of people doing Like There was one on the beach last year, that Yeah, one? I did that.
0: Yeah. So I did, did it.
4: That, that
0: looked look well good fun. And- Horrendous, horrible, 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 but great fun. Yeah, just basically um, heats, so four heats, one mile heats, and then a final. And they do all their races are the same. So you basically take the top percentage. So we we went out in the first heat, and we were told there's about 40 people, and we were told 10, the top 10 were going to go through to the next round. So you had to be the first 10 round, you get flag, and you go through. And it just keeps doing that through to a final. But of course, like an idiot, I went out like gung-ho and killed myself. So when I got to the final, I had nothing left in me. Um, and finished ninth, but yeah, it's they're good fun, and all theirs are like that as well. Um, the ones in Europe are the same sort of standards. Same as apparently um, the one in Glasgow, Neptune Steps, which I'm thinking of doing about this year as well.
4: Are we, are they that always seems to be booked up really quickly. It's full. Yeah.
0: It's full already. Yeah. Yeah, because Red Bull—they don't make money. They just do this for we can do this. Why not? Bang, let's do it. So they don't—they're not in it for money making. They do it just purely because they want to put on incredible, crazy events. So oh,
3: that's pretty glad.
0: Yeah, yeah. And uh, just a sort of another thing as well. Um, another one that's coming up is called Amphibia Run, and they're partnered with Extreme Sports. So same as Red Bull, they were going to put on these events in the UK next year and they're all on the beach and they're all 10k. There's three of them, yeah. And they're all 10k with obstacles on a beach, which is a great, great idea at the minute. 10k
2: in sand,
0: in sand on a beach, yeah. Oh my life. With some big obstacles. I've seen some obstacles. They look amazing. Um, but at the minute, they haven't got an elite wave or a competitive wave. It is only, um, open only at the minute.
4: When is it? Yeah, I was was hoping to do the Worthing one of that.
0: Yeah, I'm going to do the Clacton one, which is near me. When are they? They They, they look pretty cool, and they will be a company next year, I reckon, will be a contender of being one to do, Mm. especially if they can get their competitive side things running, um, which is only a matter of time. But they are brand new, so.
4: So, (laughs) OCI in in general is really growing and really sort of separating into the long and and short. Yeah.
0: so we had this conversation last year. I remember when we did the very first podcast and we, we sort of said to each other, where, where do we think it's going? And you're right. I think you're going to get the guys that sort of focus just on the long distance stuff, you know, and only go for the 15 mile, the 12 mile. And then you're going to get the guys that focus, like your Hunter McIntyre in America, that focus on the short, sharp, 3K type of stuff. At the minute, we haven't got enough to pick and choose. Right. And this is why in England we do them all. And... From a, from a sport nutrition science point of view, it's silly because we're killing ourselves week in, week out. But until we've got 15 races where we can pick and choose, you're going to do everyone because we love the sport. Uh, Look,
2: let's, let's be honest, Jack. If there was beasts earlier in the year, we wouldn't bother with the sprint and supers. We just do no, beasts because like, most, that kind of distance.
0: Most in races in Spartan are beasts.
2: Yeah.
0: I don't see there any point in doing a sprint. <laughs> I just don't see the point in killing myself for 30 minutes.
2: I'd rather kill myself for three hours. Yeah, of
0: course. <laughs> if I'm going to do it.
4: <laughs> Happily kill myself for 30 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> All that sprint start, sprint stop, sprint stop that I've done for like 10, 20 years.
2: Oh,
0: God.
2: Just, oh.
4: Uh,
0: yeah.
2: So you, you, would
0: suit, you really would suit like a 3K course then. You really would like the short, short stuff.
4: Yeah. I mean, I saw everything online from last year and it seemed like the whole thing was a Ninja Warrior. It yeah. wasn't. Too overly ninja warrior, and there were some carries in there, or was, they wanted me to throw a tire or something. Yeah, sounds more up my street.
0: Um, <laughs> an <Roman> athletes, <laughs> you'd be all right. I reckon you, something like 3k at the world, you'd be fine.
2: There wasn't many carries, though, was there?
0: Not many carries, Look, enough, though.
2: There was, was it two? Two, two. Carries. it wasn't like you're winning from a ring, but to be fair. It was the same weight for me as it would be for you, Phil. So for you, you'd just be like, what is this? This isn't a carry. (laughs) You've just given me a little tiny can Mm. of beans to run around with. Yeah.
4: That seems interesting that they've kept it the same. They just ran out of equipment or something? or
2: No, it's it's always the same at the Worlds for the women and the men. But what were you? You're 92 kilos. Are you
4: 92? Yeah, 92.
2: I'm 46. (laughs) So I'm exactly half your weight, but I'm carrying the same. It's, it's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem that fair. Yeah, but going across the bridge. I didn't complain rate,
2: about it, Jack. I didn't complain about it. No, you didn't. You did,
0: you did really well.
2: Thank you very much, sir.
0: Really, really well. And I would say the thing to watch out for is Surge this year. I do believe that's coming back, which is the short 3 oh, yeah, course yeah. at nuclear. Oh, I'd
4: be cool. Yeah, no, I might have seen that. Is that down in, um, well, it's in Essex, but is that around November time?
0: When did they do it last year?
2: It was um, earlier in the year, wasn't it? Remember, wasn't it? I'm sure.
0: June, July. Yeah.
2: Robin French, if you're listening, let
4: Phil know. Yeah. Let... I did really when we did that. It was like a proper festival there. Like it's stay there the whole weekend. You know, it makes worth destroying yourself for thirty minutes and then uh, you know taking a break and then just chilling out at the festival. Well, worth it.
0: And then, of course, hopefully this year I'm going to put on a little event as well, which will be good for you, Phil. Oh yeah. Yeah. Carpenter a course of. Obstacles, hundred percent. The
4: field
3: carpenter
2: any- chaos.
4: Carp- no, I'm gonna call it chaos. Carpenter. chaos. Chaos
0: carpenter. Chaos carpenter.
2: Well, chaos. yeah, that's fact.
0: You know, <laughs> giving <laughs> any details away. No, that'd be quite cool, wouldn't it? For a name, chaos. Boom, well, you go. You've done it. You better not paint now or anything. Yeah, I'm not gonna no, pay you royalties. <laughs> so. Chaos OTR. Right, we want <laughs> we want money for this. Yeah, no. Basically, I've, I've got my own place, Phil. So I've got my own training facility. Oh, nice. So I want to get into the realms of putting on events, but I think the short course stuff, as much as so I hate it, is going to be better for putting events on purely because it's obviously more user-friendly rather than a 15-mile course. Hmm. A 3K course is going to be a hell of a lot cheaper for me. Let's put it that way. <laughs>
4: I'm, I'm assuming la- uh, your land isn't about 15K, is it?
0: So I've yeah. got Effectively, I've got 90 square miles, so I could go as far as I wanted to. Wow. Um My actual bit of land with the obstacles is six uh, six point five acres. I've got four k basically to play with, and then running I could go as far as yeah, like I say, ninety square miles. The bit of land the farmer that I rent land from has got oodles of space in Suffolk, so we could go as as crazy as you wanted to. But yeah.
4: You're thinking of uh, doing something slightly different to make yourself, you know, separate you from like the standard Spartans all that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, 100%. So um, I actually had a guy come yesterday who makes fabrications and he really was... there It wasn't fast. I only pinned because this guy lives a mile at the road. Um, so yeah, similar to that. And I'm going to have... Well, we've got plans for some cool obstacles, which we've designed or he's designed, And they're never seen before. So I think that's my way is to have these obstacles that are completely unique. They've never been seen before to get people in. Of course, we'll have the standard walls and the the cargo nets and all that stuff. But I like the idea. And this is what we're coming back to your question about OCR. Another good thing about OCR is it can be someone's thought of an obstacle as an obstacle. You know, like you talk to John Alvin, he'll tell you obstacle course racing is everything from throwing a spear, to jumping in, freezing cold water, everything. You talk to other people, like Brighton Atkins, for instance, and he believes obstacle coursing things a certain way, you know. But what I like about it is it's so optional to you. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I definitely think there should be a carry. I think there should be a test of, I hate to say it, but I think there should be a test of mental strength as well. So whether that be cold or... No, that's Ooh.
2: not mental strength.
0: But it is, isn't it? It is. It's just no. It. All right, well, it if heals. your body
2: shuts down, it isn't. Let's get
0: stronger then you can't Dream. make your
2: blimmin mind stop you getting hypothermia. i am yes, not having that
0: yes you can you can get no, a shower and raynards
2: day. no it doesn't work
0: <laughs> you know what i mean within <laughs> seconds i tried
2: i tried and andrea we tried cold climatization we still get our raynards
0: okay well you're just weird um so yeah i, I believe that ocr can be anything and it should you should test the body but Unlike having a grip strength training rig, which is ridiculously difficult, I don't always think it should be about the one thing. Mm. I'm a big carrier. I love lifting heavy. I love things like wreck bags, mm. that type of thing. I think the cinder block drag in Spartan is incredible. Everyone hates it. I really like that.
2: Yeah. Give him two
0: Spartan. When the chain isn't long enough, and it just like nips at your heels. Yeah, but again, that's what they've done on purpose, haven't they? They've done that on purpose. So not when you're short. But you listen to people moan. They just moan. They don't get on, and get on with it. Do you know what I mean? They just moan. Or they don't train it. That's the other thing. Yeah. You know, How often do you say you've actually trained by pulling a cinder block with a chain around your island? No.
4: Well, we've recently been going to Rookery Fit Farm, which is in uh, near Bognor.
1: Yeah.
4: And that's it's literally 2019 the first time where we've actually been able to practice OCR-specific skills. So, like Before mm. that, we'd turn up to bouldering and hope for the best. Yeah. So, when we turn up to like was it the what's the pure one? The twister. Is it twister. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I only ever do that at Spartan.
2: Like, at yeah, first. there is a, there isn't I I I mean me and Jack have got the a twister, but it's not the same as a Spartan twister. <laughs> so you can't even practice like the going backwards because it's different spaces, it's different width of grip, so yeah.
0: And this cool. the other thing you've got, Phil is coming back to Spartan uh, the, sorry, the OCR question is you've got so many more places popping up now. And whether that be PTs that are doing a bit of uh, uh OCR so they open a place up, or like me that's opened a place up, there's so many places to go and train now, that's only gonna improve the ability of people. So these races are only really gonna get harder and harder and harder because people are getting better and better and better. I
4: mean, they would definitely lure the uh the teenagers that probably would have been doing some triathlon stuff.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Most of them stay in triathlon because there's so many triathlon clubs. Yeah. You know are type clubs are available, they're gonna go that way and start training and then we're gonna have a very competitive well the, the youngsters certainly just destroy me on the other mm-hmm. run, so they're catching up with you guys.
0: But I think I also think that's where it comes down to um I mean if you look at the champions like sort of Ryan Woods for instance, he's in his well in his thirty five. Is he Ryan Woods thirty five? Forty. Forty. So there we go. You've got Kent, you've got Cody Moats you know, okay, forget John Album, he's quite young. But in general, you know, Hobie Cool, they're all well into their 40s, and these boys are still killing it.
2: Woohoo, there's hope for me yet.
0: Somewhere that your
4: like ideal running age is yeah. 33.
2: Yeah. Uh, oh, damn.
4: But I can't remember. It was a physiologist that told me, but I can't remember what were the reasons why 33 was the ideal age. I'm sure it's very multifactorial. But um, so, yeah. I mean, people peak for football and rugby in their 20s, but for other events like running, it seems to be much later. Mm. So there's still hope for me. Yeah. I'm but hoping I'm to peak at I'm don't past you you're I'm, what? You're past
2: it. You're 35?
4: No, I'm hoping to peak then, because then... Oh. oh,
2: don't say that. Is He's only 15. I'm
4: 32. 32.
2: I'm but past the peak. I'm 35. You ought to retire.
0: Because <laughs> Masters start at 35, isn't it? Yeah.
2: I'm like yeah. a super vet when running, aren't
0: I? Natasha, you ought to retire and get a podcast, darling. That would suit you, I reckon.
2: I don't want to retire. What are you saying? We <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just started.
0: Right. Phil, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking time to come on and speak to us. Well, thank you for having me on. I've written my five exercises to go and do now for the next few months.
2: <laughs> And I'm going to be looking out for your blog. I want to strengthen my feet. <laughs> well, yeah,
4: keep a look out on it. And then keep a look out for Hayley and I when we're um, we at the races. We'll come and say hi and all that.
0: Awesome.
2: Well, yeah. Well, Claire, I think we'll be doing the series. So that's the super, but we'll probably be there on the Sunday. So we'll say hi. Cheer probably. you around.
0: Exactly. And just before we go, I want to just say well done for Luke for getting the word equilibrium on the podcast. Well done, Luke. I was very impressed.
2: <laughs> oh, was that a secret?
0: Got to slide those big yeah. words in. There. No, he just got it in there and I like, do not even know what it means.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought you were trying to do one of those things where it was like sneak a word in.
0: Oh no, that's coming. That's coming. Don't you worry.
3: I'm see our lingo. Bring out <laughs> some big words. So I had to get my first one in there.
0: Early. <laughs> equilibrium, though, honestly. Right. Next What's podcast.
4: There, I reckon there's one more challenging than equilibrium. At least, like, equilibrium could be linked with training. Yeah. It's not completely random. I've got a few just
2: comes names. out with random words anyway <laughs> yeah, so Jack that's just covered.
3: says random stuff anyway so yeah I do say that. Yeah. but Phil <laughs> thank you very much for coming on uh, we will tag your Instagram when this episode goes out we'll tag you on the post um, and we'll put a link up to your blog as well in the thing so thank you very much for your time uh, thank you very much and speak to you all soon, Thanks. No we'll you soon. <laughs> how do I pronounce your name Thomas Van
0: Tonda? Um, yes, that's the closest you're gonna get to it, so um <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, that's the closest
3: I will get to it for sure. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Most at this is Ryan Kent and you've been listening to OCR Audio. Uh I'm Ian Hosick and you've been listening to OCR Audio.